right? Welcome to the Seek Ascent Strength Podcast. Uh, this is another kind of year in review, except this is going to be one for Seeker as a company. And us personally. As a pair of lads. Well, uh, in terms of like training, not like emotional yeah, yeah. development or setbacks or any kind of that stuff that no one wants to know. Emotional about. regression. Any kind of TMI. So major events for the old Seeker Strength. We kind of got really, we got really going, I suppose, at the start of this year. Yeah. And well, we were kind of operating maybe six months before that. We were just trying to get things sorted and just decide what kind of direction we we're going. And like we mentioned, if you listen to like episode one, we were originally going to go with supplements, and then somehow ended up here. Here we are, <laughs> and um, ooh, yeah. some of the big events for seeking strength would have been. Seems that we're talking. We're on the podcast. Would have been the podcast. Yeah, I think podcast that, is definitely like. And the most surprising one for the us. The kind of genesis of the podcast was hilarious. We had thrown around the idea. People had said it to us a lot. Yeah. Uh, they were like, oh, you should start a podcast. Uh, you should start a podcast just talking about weightlifting, yeah. just talking about weightlifting for CrossFit uh, or just training in general. And we kind of brushed off the idea. Mostly because we didn't want to just start a podcast about weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with a podcast about just weightlifting, but our interest is as a company that's not really where we wanted to go no and um well we obviously both love weightlifting it's not uh it's not where a lot of our thoughts reside like while we do think about weightlifting an awful lot we do just think about strength training and sport performance and elite sports just a, a lot, lot. In, in general yeah and like a lot of the material we consume would be just a general stuff like would not be just exclusively weightlifting no. while we still love weightlifting and the people who interact with are not just weightlifters. Yeah, so I think the kind of starting of the podcast or kind of where the, the tide changed and we're like, yeah, look, this is where we're going to do it. I think we booked flights to see... I think at this stage we were about two weeks away from going to Romania. Yeah, and we were, we were like, it's very, very close. That trip was bearing was like, down on us. It was literally like two weeks or something. Yeah, uh, and I was in a, a neurological biology class or something uh, it's a two hour lecture on like a Tuesday evening yeah uh, and we were texting each other or whatever and then we're like look we're gonna be there yeah we're gonna be with Gabriel yeah like Gabriel Sincren an unbelievably knowledgeable weightlifter uh, we're like it'd be a shame not to get him to, to have some kind of interview with him yeah and up until this point there had never been a kind of like there had been no time pressure on us to start yeah. putting this content out. Whereas they were like, look, we're going to be in Romania. Yeah. Uh, so I think at like four o'clock, we texted each other saying this. At around 10 past four, we found an article by Tim Ferriss yeah. uh, with all his gear he uses to record his podcast. This was all fits, by the way. He was literally the one sitting in the lecture. I think I can remember I was going training yeah. and you were just sending me this. You're like, this is what I think we should get. And I was like, I'd li- I had no, um, I had no perspective i'd know like uh like calibration to what what yeah. would you get for a podcast so he was like this is what tim ferris got to get and it's this much yeah and i think that was like would have been a significant cost to the company at the time but i was like fuck it fuck it let's just go for let's it let's see what happens so we and just bought like the whole like suite of gear he basically uses uh so basically uh, if you're wondering we bought a zoom h6 we bought four mics yeah four mics and the mics are Right. Oh, they're sure studio mics. Uh, they're very, very good. Well, four mics, four leads, yep. uh, four mic covers. Yeah, We got a splitter 
that allows us to plug in four sets of headphones into the Zoom so we can have feedback. Get the mic covers as well if you're just going to do anything. Yeah, you really need to have mic covers. Yeah. Uh, what else do we buy? Uh, so we, we, we literally just bought recently, you bought them two weeks ago. Was yeah, but mic stands. And uh, just permanent headphones because we were yeah. consistently forgetting headphones. Or <laughs> because we don't do the podcast in the same place all the time. He'd be like, do you have headphones? And we'd be like, no, fuck, I don't have any headphones. Yeah. So one of us would be trying to judge the... Um, the volume for each other yeah trying to like level it out and stuff uh so we did that the gear came two days later yeah i think we flew to romania like maybe two day two or three days after that did we re- i think we recorded our, our own podcast first did we or did we record gabriel and then do our own one after i think we recorded gabriel and then we did our own one after I f- or something we definitely uploaded our one first i think we might have been Closer than two weeks from Gabriel. I think we yeah. might have been a few days beforehand. And uh, like very luckily, it just came. So in the nick of time. Yeah. Uh, not having used equipment before, we yeah. did the podcast with <laughs> Gaby Poodles. Yeah. And it worked. Yep. Um, uh, so then, soon after that, uh, Squat University, as you more as you probably know, our Dr. Aaron Horshig, was in Ireland for a seminar. And he asked me... I can't remember how it came about, but he asked. I think you were doing some work together, working on your shoulder or your elbow or something. I had like a quad issue or whatever, and we kind of fixed that. And then he asked me would I just um, basically come down and do a little bit of demo for him because yeah. I said, would he mind being on the podcast while he's around? Because I said it we because I we talked to him for a while previously. Yes, and I he seemed like he's a fantastic speaker, and if you haven't, you should listen to our podcast with him, and I'm sure we'll have him on again in the future. Oh, definitely, yeah, and. I just, um, I asked, would he mind being on the podcast? And he said, sure, if you want to come down and do a bit of demoing for him. And I said, absolutely no problem. And then we recorded that one. And then we recorded a smattering of other episodes about yeah. basically anything we wanted to talk about. And then in terms of guests, yeah. we've had a better year than you could ever hope for, for the first year of podcast guests. So after Squat University, I think it was, um, so we had Gabriel and Squat University. Who, after that then? So I think the next guest we had on was Miso, his father. Hasana, and his father. Yep. Uh, and there are some unbelievable, like, little pockets of knowledge about, yeah. like, obviously about weightlifting yeah. and about elite weightlifting, but then also yeah. some really good knowledge about how to develop youth athletes yep. uh, and kind of long-term talent development. Yeah. Uh so really really like those two podcasts were two of my favourite podcasts we've ever done definitely to record yeah uh, probably that touches on an opportunity for both of those that we've mentioned is that the calibre of people we've got to talk to is incredibly high and it set the bar very high for future guests too I suppose yeah and we're unbelievably thankful yeah for the people who do who have come on uh, yeah. and have kind of agreed to come on in the future like the like some of the, like I've, the things of, um, we've learned about weightlifting and just training in general this year from like having met an Olympian like Gabriel, Olympic medalist like Gabriel, he won the medal on the day. Yeah, <laughs> like an Olympian like Miso, and very, very likely a future Olympic, Olympic medalist yeah. or champion Miso. Miso's father, seeing how they run things, training with Gabriel, seeing how hard you need to train to be the best, seeing what it's currently like to train to be the best, um, seeing how well we think about strength sports an awful lot and performance and everything it means to be an athlete and how to be a better athlete and um, the science that goes behind it when we met someone like Aaron who thinks exclusively about rehabilitation and prehab yeah. you, you um, it's why we don't answer injury questions really is one of the examples because 
the 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 mental energy he's expended into just injury prevention yeah. would be insulting for us to make in any attempts. Definitely, like, yeah, answering yeah, yeah. people like it would not only like it would be immoral yeah. to try to help people with injuries when you consider the caliber of what he's putting out and how he's helping people. So, like for example, I was in Budapest recently, and um, the the coach there was a, a gymnastics coach. And like he thinks about gymnastics as much as I think about weightlifting movement, you know. So yeah. I think we've been incredibly lucky to see and like see Nat. I think what when you think of Nat, you don't think of um, what I'm not going to say is but if photography, but rather his progress as a businessman was very, very interesting. Yeah. Something and this is like this is Nat Arum, of, uh, the owner of Hook Grip. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the weightlifting website. Or a very, very famous weightlifting website. Like, he thinks about weightlifting. No, well, Instagram. So he started photos first, you know. Yes. But he's a massive supplier of very good quality equipment, my dad. Yeah. But the amount he thinks about business is how much we think about weightlifting. So yeah, yeah. I think it... Those uh, podcasts... Yeah. ...are unbel- a great listen. Uh, obviously, they're for the kind of more weightlifting yeah. fans uh, among our listeners. But there are some absolutely hilarious little nuggets in yeah. those or if you've um miso said his father if it's not weightlifting he doesn't want to know about it basically yeah he doesn't think about anything else but weightlifting and then we had the two guys from the before athletic performance blueprint and when you think about like the the thought process they've put into that whole general sphere is, is massive you know yeah and uh i think like the cool thing about those two guys is that they've They've really lived through it, you know. Yeah. Uh, you talk about like a really high level strength and conditioning coach from the hockey background, and then a medical doctor who's had two kids go through like a talent ID system, yeah, uh, talent development and realization system, uh, and both have performed in high level sports. That's like they're two very very different perspectives on the same systems or the or the same grouping of systems. Uh, it's really interesting to hear that. And obviously, we had the major success of the um, the basketball program, which wasn't actually something we'd written initially as one of our base programs. We just kind of, uh, it had been something we developed later. But yeah. the amount of people who just squat at the moment is astronomical. Yeah, and people love squatting. There's literally hundreds of those programs sold, hundreds and we are we're going to try to get an average of the um gains people make on the program but i have a feeling it's going to be somewhere to 10 to 15 kilos yeah on just their one rm not including other pbs i'd love to get a total number of uh tonnage like made on the program because <laughs> it must be nearly a ton by now surely yeah so like uh obviously the success of other programs um recently had the launch of a website uh i think major- another thing that like the, a big change from this year is that we had done a seminar or two before mm-hmm. uh, but now all the seminars we did this year we're like like very very happy with how we ran them yeah uh, really really happy with what we did on the day yeah uh, and the kind of the takeaways people got from the seminars and they're something that we're going to be doing more and more of next year uh, like we've talked about this before it's just very challenging to to find a weekend that the two of us can be off yeah uh, and not here in terms of personal development or 
I find it a clean and jerk PB for like numerous reasons, which are whatever they are is what they are from training. I clean jerked one ninety this year, which I was very happy about because it took nearly what like two and a half years to hit that. Um, I should have hit that a lot sooner, but that's how weightlifting goes. Unfortunately, that's the way the vegan uh, paleo cookie crumbles, girl. <laughs> that's how it be. Hey, it's snatch PBs or whatever. Front squat it. Uh, was it this year? I think I front squat it. Is it two forty this year? Or last year I can't remember. Um, I think it was this year. Uh, big one for me this year was a one twenty strict press. Um, I have learned a lot more about how weightlifting goes in my head, especially in the la- like like since from visiting Gabriel onwards. There was some a lot of oh I got coached by Gabriel for a long time yeah say since like last August up until like just before we went to Gabriel August before last twenty seventeen yeah no yeah. twenty eighteen twenty eighteen twenty eighteen uh, I didn't leave Gabriel because he wasn't a good coach I just um before myself I suppose that I like I think you think about programming so much yeah uh, and it's something you really really enjoy playing around with yeah like. I know people who feel like programming is an absolute burden yeah. and they hate doing it and they hate having to think about it and they yeah. hate going to the gym and, and second guessing and, and you see people changing programs or a lot. I think a big reason of why you train is to see what makes you better. Yeah. Joe, like you're not, like you're very much process orientated. Yeah. Like you love figuring out yeah. that an extra session no one this Saturday is yeah jeez I feel great after yeah, it yeah so some people fucking hate that because they're like oh you're so stupid why yeah. did I start doing this three years ago I know it's it's well basically what that summed up into figuring out is it's taken me eight years to learn squats make me tired and reps make me slow <laughs> <laughs> that is the sum total of eight years of training but look it's better to figure it out now than never exactly and I think the proof is in the pudding basically like say when I mean reps make me slow my best double at one four is 145 which I should be snatching at least 160. Yeah. But it was a really slow double and it just doesn't transfer over. And that doesn't mean I don't use reps to prep as a prep phase. But in terms of my macro training, most of the year is not going to be reps anymore, yeah. basically. Like we can see my snatch is getting there. It's a lot better from lots of singles. Like like Gabriel had talked about waves a lot and we'd done waves. But what really kind of finessed it was, was some of the information in the Kazakh paper yeah. presenting in a different moon like like you say this bread and butter like just reading that makes me um, incredibly happy like just consuming yeah. that information and the clean jerk is responding really well to it and I think the snatch will take a little bit longer but it's getting there like I learned some things that like recently or a moved power snatch that had more full snatches because basically weightlifting is get is to get as close to just snatch clean jerk as you can possibly get that's an ideal world but that's nearly impossible for basically everybody yeah but that's what you're always trying to get towards and then when you deviate away from it it's for as little time as possible but that little time as possible might be six months with something so what i'm learning is that i don't really need to do power cleans by the looks of things no i don't need to do squat well i don't need to do squats heavier than basically my front squat or my back squat maybe 20 kilos more which is mad that it's taken you eight years to figure that out jeez it really murders me because i did it (laughs) When I got the legacies there, I just wanted to try heavy front squat and God, it killed me. Yeah. The 220. If So it's not the weight really, it's the grind that kills me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the week beforehand, I did a really, really easy 220 front squat and it did not affect me in the slightest. The squat was the same speed as 200 before it. But the 220 got a lot slower and geez, it kills me for about five or six days. Yeah. And I've experienced this a few times. <laughs> and basically, a 290 back squat is more than enough to do anything. So... 
right now I don't really care. Could I, probably cool it on those squats. So basically, all my front squats, if I clean jerk more, I'll do heavier front squats. And yeah. then anything I'm back squatting is like 20, 30 kilos over that. Yeah. I've done a lot more jumping recently and I'm definitely getting a lot faster. And I... We'll, uh, we'll comment on that one next year. Uh, <laughs> I don't be afraid. I'm getting a lot faster. Like the power is... is yeah. Um, I'm learning that I do need power snatch. I removed it for a few weeks and it definitely took something from my snatch. Yeah. Um, the It did pay dividends and some, like I'm not saying the previous training I've been doing isn't paying off now because... Oh, of course it's paying off now. Like that, having a 120 strict press, a 160 yeah. push press, a 240 front squat, a 290 back squat, they're all just they're giving me the opportunity now to just do a load of snatch clean jerk because yeah. I got so fucking good at those yeah I think like that's it's the classic thing of like you can see further now because you're standing on the shoulders of giants you yeah. know like you don't have a 290 back squat anymore but you've done it in the past yeah yeah like your level of adaptation for yeah absolute strength is yeah. huge do you know what we can see is my hamstrings <laughs> Well, I think that's going to be a biggie for this year. Well, we, well, we had a revelation, well, not a revelation, but a realisation, an acknowledgement of my um, lack of hamstring development. And Gerf has zero hamstring. A hamstring like a piece of bacon. Like, see, the problem is my quads are so big. They're like... You're just uh, extremely anterior dominant. No false modesty, but my quads are so big, it makes my hamstrings look big too. Just the weight at the front makes the back look bigger. And, um, and you just don't have anything at the back. I have loads of glutes. Yeah, with no hammies. I can flex hammies, <laughs> but I've gone from doing stiff-legged deadlifts from a CrossFit 20 kilo plate, which is probably about three and a half inches straight stiff leggies. I did 170 for sets of like two there last weekend. Yeah. Um. So basically, they're like, this is not verbatim now, but there was a coach of a two-time Olympian back in like the 50s who said you should do as much hamstring work, like one-to-one as you do squats. And and I'd say for the last eight years you've done zero ten percent ten percent not even a, I'd not say five percent just by accident yeah. like inadvertently the the hamstring development you get from doing some pulls yeah. but direct hamstring work right now I'm basically doing no pulls I'm doing stiff legged deadlifts three times a week yeah and uh, I think that's paying off too so if you're wondering why just from a purely wasting perspective oh it's something like the the breaking speed of your muscle so relaxation weight of things is incredibly um, important after you play maximum force you need to be able to basically loose is the wrong word but they call it relaxation in biomechanics you need to be able to just amortize into the bottom contract decontract amortize that's a better word decontract loose is the wrong word just amortize into the bottom of that squat as fast as possible and your breaking speed is limited by the i can never remember i don't remember if it's the antagonist or the agonist muscle it's the antagonist so my hamstring was a much weak much much weaker than my <laughs> much much weaker and i can't emphasize how much weaker yeah than my quads it was so the braking speed was limited by my weaker hamstrings so while i was not slow under the bar my ability to produce i had the potential to be a lot better basically yeah. and while my point my the beginning point was not poor obviously it was quite good but quite good is that what I'm going for no so about three times a week very moderate so like some days it might be 100 kilos for a set to three or four yeah last week it felt very good so I went up to 170 but I would have added to 170 even a month ago so just to kind of yeah. like simplify this for the people listening like the thing with antagonist and agonist yeah if so if you're listening to this now and you're wondering what Gurf is talking about 
So if you look at your arm and you have your bicep and your tricep, yeah. uh, when you tighten your bicep or contract your bicep, yeah. there's inhibitory nerve signals sent to your tricep, which loosen it out. And basically what Gurf is saying is that when you're dropping in underneath the bar, you need to you need those inhibitory nerve signals to be sent to your quads. Yeah. And that if you have a, a severely compromised or you've you have less hamstring yep. than, than you probably should, uh, the rate and the amount of those nerve signals going to like those inhibitory nerve signals going to your quads yep. are a lot less. Yeah. So obviously if, if you have more motor neurons it are uh, like if you've more nerve tissue from your hammies sending those signals to your brain and yep. then your brain sending inhibitory ones back uh the more you have in your hamstring the better it will be for your quad so i'm sure you've all heard of the double knee bend and weightlifting. thing so that's switching from your basically from your quads to your hamstrings back to your quads yeah and so lower quads absolute strength and ability to contract will massively delay this change from back to f- to taking it off your quads onto your hamstrings then back to your quads again so a weaker hamstring there will will really delay that whole process, reduce like maximum force you can apply, how fast you can change from one to the other, and then basically the whole movement is yeah. reliant on that quality. So, and to be honest, I think this is probably applicable to a lot of people listening, is that you should probably do a bit more hamstring work. Yeah, definitely if you're a weightlifter. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of crossfitters will get hamstring work inadvertently when they're doing... Deadlifts uh, and shit. Yeah, like deadlifts. The, lunges the crossfit deadlifts up swings. to the oh, hip deadlift really yeah uh, so the, the, you get a lot of that work inadvertently but as weightlifters a lot of the time yeah. tends to be gone where do you think this stiff legged deadlift is going for me uh, I think you'll get to like 240 or oh, something oh that's exactly what I was thinking in my head yeah and I don't think you need a huge amount more than that no but I'll do it anyway because I'm a dumbass yeah. uh, the old asshole athlete mentality <laughs> um How's your training? Has you've gotten a lot better, sneakily there, there. You wouldn't take yeah. it by watching you, you every wouldn't. for the training at all, but you have. So how much is your squat going up by? Thirty kilos, forty kilos? Uh, no, 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 not not since this year. So well, you've had I, a, yeah. No, it has. It's gone up like thirty kilos. No, not this year. You did two ten. So I did ten two ten last year. No, no, no. That was this year. No, it was last year. Was it? Definitely was. <laughs> no, you're back. So I did two ten. Yeah. Uh, last year and then I was weightlifting uh, so all the way from kind of December through to oh, probably June or no sorry just before that it was actually May so I was weightlifting we went I hit a PB on my clean in Romania I hit 155 the pause clean the grindiest clean you'll ever see in your entire life listen there's a lot people might say a lot of bad things about you and I agree with all of them but <laughs> So then Mental weakness is not one of your weaknesses No to be fair Physical weakness is a big one but Ah that's mental, easy to overcome I can usually convince myself to do some pretty stupid things What are you thinking about when you have to convince yourself to do stuff in weightlifting? I usually don't really have to think about it Like do you know if I'm walking up to like 160 or something Yeah Like <sighs> we'll take a, a probably more recent example Because you can probably yeah. remember what you think about We went to We were invited to a, a fitness expo there recently To do a bit of talking and a bit of lifting Yeah and I just did some light snatches and, um, well, absolutely, they were very light back squats, but relatively to everyone watching, they were very heavy. Yeah. But you did some cleans. Oh, yeah. So the thing, like a background on this is we're lifting in a hotel function room. Carpet floor. On a carpet floor with like not great barbell, but with no chalk. No chalk, a really warm room. Yeah. So it's sweaty Easy. and slippy as fuck. And uh, minimal knurling. Yeah. Uh, so I did, I think I did like. 
60, 100, 120 or something. Yeah, like I went 60, 100, 120. And then I meant to load 30. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's 140 on the bear. And I was like, fuck that. You can't go back now. No way. And then as I was setting up, so there's no chalk in the bear and the bear is slippy as fuck. And if anyone who lifts, sorry, I know for interrupting, but it has, sometimes they kind of, if they're not chalk, they kind of have an oily residue that's steel. Kind yeah, of it was a new bear. Yeah. Uh, and then the plates were slightly off on one side. Yeah. So I was like fully through my setup. And then I saw the plates were off, right? Yeah. And in my head, yeah. I was like, everybody here, the second I come up now, everybody here is going to think I've missed this. I really, I would have, because 99 times out of 100, if you see a lifter do that, they missed it. That's all the time. All, all the time. time. And in my head, I was laughing. I was like, yeah. if you fuckers, saw a lifter do that, you would think they're going oh, to miss it. And they would have missed it. Yeah. And in my head, I was laughing, being like, these fuckers think this is going to make one bit of difference to me. But you were doing no weightlifting prior to this, very little. No, I don't think I've done any. All powerlifting. Yeah. Uh and this is 10 kilos off your best clean and jerk. Yeah. 15, 15 kilos off your best clean. Yeah. So. A big number for. N- pull the plates on. Got yeah. set up again. Pulled under 140. Yeah. Place goes wild. Nailed it. Uh, no one. Yeah, I did, but that's what I'm thinking about. Basically. Even people who d- didn't, don't lift would have recognized that as a nervous tick. Like yeah. or a nervous aspect of someone about to do something. Yeah, but definitely the mentality thing. Yeah. Doesn't hold me back. What were you thinking there? I was, like, I was literally laughing to myself in my head being like, these yeah. fuckers think I'm going to miss this. That's a joke. Fair fox, yeah, because I, I was sure you were going to miss it. Cause I was See, like, that comes from yeah. uh, when I had like a 125 or 130 clean and jerk. Yeah. I used to be able to cold power clean 120. You still, still can. Still can, obviously. My power, my uh, special power is doing 120 any day of the week. Yeah, that's it's just it's just what I can do. I could add five, I, could, I was saying to lads, I could add like 0. 0.00025 grams and miss it. <laughs> but 120 will look like a minimal. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of my training, weightlifting went really, really well. Uh, all the way through Romania, uh, Gabriel helped me a lot. Like, yeah. really, just did. Yeah. Uh, explain things really, really well. Very, very then, practical explanations for sure. Yeah, and then I started realizing that I was going to be powerlifting. Yeah. Uh, we kind of, uh, we both knew that we needed like some competition experience, so started doing a bit of low bar back squatting. Uh, and I just went a bit too heavy, a bit too fast, so I went from. I hit 200 high bar after maybe two weeks. Uh, and then, I, or sorry, 200 low bar. Then it went 215 after maybe four weeks. The problem with that is it immediately was better for you. Yeah, so like I immediately, immediately and this happens with like technical cues where yeah. it immediately fixes something or it's immediately better. Yeah. Uh, and I just didn't have the patience to be like, okay, I need to keep learning this motor pattern. Yep. I need to keep realizing what it's like to do this in different situations with different loading. Uh, so I hit 215, which was a five kilo PB after maybe five weeks uh, of low bear. Yeah. And then like five days after I hit 215. Yeah. So like I have this thing where I like, I like to accrue some volume and then I like to realize that volume and then go very, very heavy but I don't mind going very, very heavy for two or three weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So four or five days after two, it does work. For your squat, for sure. Yeah. Uh, four or five days after I did 2.15, we were training with Clarence yeah. in Kerry. Uh, Beautiful day bars. Great, yeah. Great little whip in them. Yeah, I really, like everything was going well. Yeah. Uh, I remember I like, fucking nailed 200 for like a triple or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to definitely hit something heavy here. Yeah. Uh, and I walked out 220 and I clipped the rack on the way out oh. and my shoulder exploded. And I think it was like, it's like an avulsion fracture on my uh, collarbone where my pec joined on. Yeah. Uh, it's this classic thing of just like not, 
not getting myself properly adapted to like a new movement pattern and that probably wasn't from that one event but it was more than likely the accumulation of the stress yeah that that was causing all along and if he did say that lighter weights that wouldn't have happened because eventually adaption would have occurred 100 percent, yeah and so what happened then was i kind of nursed that for maybe a week or two yeah started back doing more weightlifting we went to qatar yeah uh i didn't hit any good weights there really no i think i did like 110 in the snatch or something and then maybe one 35 and clean jerk just kind of inhaling the environment yeah and like we learned a lot uh but then when we came back from there i started into the powerlifting Mm -hmm. uh and i did 230 high bar with a with the pair of wraps or like weightlifting wraps uh in august which are not real wraps for any powerlifters which aren't wraps no No. they're like bandages uh so did 230 high bar you'll get less out of them than some knee sleeves a lot less yeah uh but I was very, very happy with that. Then kind of continued with powerlifting, kept going. Yeah. Obviously did the competition this year. Yeah. Uh, so did 2.30 in competition with a pair of SPD knee sleeves. Yurt. Uh, great knee sleeves. <laughs> my bench wasn't great. Like, I think my bench, I probably got to my bench up to like 135 and I did 127 and a half in competition. Uh, and then I deadlifted 245, which... You didn't do like, a lot of deadlifting, to be fair to you. I did none. I didn't know deadlifting really between... Uh, I PB'd my deadlift in... That's when I had the fucked up collarbone. I think it was a week after I did that. I PB'd my uh, deadlift. Yeah. Uh, I did 250 with a pair of straps on. Yeah. Uh, and Not I did that it two, matters to no, you at all. Makes no difference. My grip is like the last thing that would go. Uh, it's not even strength. It's like leverages. Yeah, I can like hook grip all four fingers. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> so I... Then obviously went to the competition in December and did 245, which I'm very happy with. I think a very impressive thing about Dara Squats is um, he's able to sink. So for, while he was doing the powerlifting mentality, he was just, he, was, he wasn't even getting the parallel on all, most of his sets, you know. No. And like, I didn't doubt him because I'd seen him do it. But like people like Bean were like squatting yeah. a bit high. Like people were mentioning it like they were like, you're squatting fairly high like none of those and are we like we spoke about it so many times we spoke about it on the podcast yeah we spoke about it in videos we spoke about it at seminars yeah like my weakness with my squat was always quad weakness yeah uh and like especially trying to keep my knees forward yeah which like if you want to do something in a pair of svd knee sleeves and you want to get the most out of them you need to have your knees tracking forward yeah you want to get the elasticity of the, the yeah. sleeve like uh and as like as somebody who's who knows i'm going to be yeah. going back to weightlifting there's no reason for me to do wide stance low bar powerlifting squat. as much as it would have suited you it would have suited me yeah but i knew it wouldn't really apply to anything so and there was no need for you to be dropping well below parallel no. and initiating a load of the load onto your lower back and mid back yeah to begin the ascent and then transfer into your quads when you knew for a fact that it was not your lower back it no. was your quads that needed the work yeah and definitely not my glutes or hips or anything so you're all glutes I just keep my feet narrow yeah. to always find it straight ahead uh, load up my quads and like that amortization phase of making myself stop on the way down yeah uh, at parallel or above parallel or whatever the fuck you want to say it is yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that for me gets so much better or like that makes me so much better at squatting yeah and then any time i've gone to like like the time i did 230 in wraps synced it absolutely yeah, synced it, yeah. Uh, 230 in the competition high was good 230 high high bar. Bar. Yeah. yeah uh like, so yeah that was my year like it was and there was never a problem as soon as you had to go you went for it no as soon as you had to go full depth and come back up again there was no issue like there was no no and i think that's the problem right so people think 
uh, people will see me doing like 200 for reps or whatever it is for reps, right? And That'd they're like, high. oh, they're high, bro. Like, yeah. I remember somebody commented on a video of me doing like 80 for eights or something. Uh, and they were like, you shouldn't use hashtag powerlifting uh, because these aren't powerlifting squats. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, clicked onto his profile and he was squatting like 150 or something. I was like, buddy, please stop. Yeah. I like I yeah I just replied to it being like, uh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I'd kill him a niceness. Yeah, um, like a good year for us overall. I think in terms of training. Yeah, yeah, and um, increasing of um, mental attitude with training and knowledge. Uh, yeah, been a great year. We sold some t-shirts. Yeah, the um. More t-shirts being printed or embroidered as we speak. The second meme I created by accident. Jesus Christ. It, they say lightning doesn't strike twice, but it did. So the first meme, Gurf, created by accident with the suspicious. Yeah. Uh, and Gurf, we were training with Clarence and I PV'd my clean and jerk the day before. That was last year. Yeah. And 2018. I PV'd my clean and jerk that day too. And it's like the same thing. Yeah. If I accrue volume, I like to go fucking hard for a few weeks yeah uh and Gurf at the end of one of the videos like hmm suspicious and then i kept saying it through the whole video and that exploded because yeah. clarence's videos are like really really popular or whatever yeah but the if you ain't talking you ain't fucking that's the best one that just came out of nowhere that t-shirt will be coming in the next week or two hopefully we've both been talking in our t-shirts for a long time i i, I don't know why i started it but it I just, the other time I put it in my story, I'd have leggings on and a really, really baggy t-shirt. And the 90s athletes look in the training hall was just something I, uh, yeah. it's really my aesthetic, you know? Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> I love it. So then, just talking in the t-shirt, like I have a picture of me when I'm like five or something there, I put up my, my, my Instagram like last week. And obviously my t-shirt is tucked into my jeans, like my polo neck. Yeah. I'm rocking it. like so Obviously. Obviously. Like there's pictures of me at my communion with my shirt tucked in and stuff. Like it's just, it was just a way of life. Like, yeah. And then I just, I, Someone reposted it because they picked up on me putting it in the odd time and they were like, um, they said if you're not talking or something and then I was like, if you're not talking, you're not fucking because it was the only <laughs> thing that rhymed like, you know, and it was the only thing that made sense in my head. Yeah. And then people just, um, you know, some people might think that it makes a mockery of things and like, you know, you're not being serious, but I think there's a population of young males there who... And females. I've got no females yet. Have you not? Not a single female has tagged me in a story. They probably have more respect for themselves. Absolutely. <laughs> but there's a population of young males there who are just looking for something. And it's a bit of crack too. A bit of crack is all they're looking for. Yeah, 100%. While still lifting. And it's practical. Uh, uh, I get called out and I know if I don't have my t-shirt tucked in and I'm training. Fuck off. Yeah, they comment on it. Bastards. There's some t-shirts you can't tuck though. Um, just as a rule of thumb. The baggier the t-shirt, the better. Yeah, way, way better. The more oversized, if, the baggier. So if there's like, if it's a long, so obviously a short sleeve, normal t-shirt. If it covers your elbows, yeah, even better. But the sleeves kind of cover your elbows. Yeah. And there's like, it's like a wizard sleeve. Oh, you're on top. Oh, and it, boy. And if the brand makes no sense. Yeah. I have, a sto I have two Stonewell Ciders t-shirts and a bar from Crosshaven. Yeah. The Or Guys who sponsored us. <laughs> now the rally, drinks companies in a bar. Yeah. Someone actually asked me, they were like, the Or it's uh they're like is that a crossfit gym i was like no it's a pub <laughs> <laughs> the more obscure the t-shirt is the yeah. better more oversized obscure t-shirt if it can be for like an event that happened more than five or six years ago yeah like if it can be for like cork week 2010 yeah that's like that's a heavy hitter of a tucking t-shirt or if it's um a real dinger here now right but it's hard to train with is the um 
really, really, really old school rugby jerseys that are oh, made of. Oh yeah, that are made of fucking just curtain cloth, heavy canvas, just absorbs sweat and keeps it on yeah. your skin. <laughs> This t-shirt I'm wearing right now is a good tucker. Oh, it's a great tucker. There's a picture of a fish on it. Long sl- <laughs> it's so faded you can't read it, but I think it says Tommy Sardines on it. If uh, Long sleeves aren't the best for tucking, but it's possible. No, it's possible. If, you, if you're tucking with a long sleeve, you've got to pull your waistband high as fuck. Yeah, It's yeah, got to yeah. be pulled up high. The other thing that people tend to neglect is that you have to pull the hip. Like, so the outside. Yeah. So as you're looking at a pair of pants, like, yeah. the lateral seam of the pants has to be higher than the middle. You can leave the middle, like, sag down a bit, because, yeah. like, usually yeah, yeah. that'd be cradling a belly or something. Yeah. Uh, you're but pull, you're you've pull, got to pull the outside tight. You're pulling the pants up. You're not pushing the T-shirt <laughs> down into the pants. That's a very important. Yeah. Pants comes up, not T-shirt go down. Yeah. All right. It's not for looks. It's for practicality. <laughs> just be very clear about that, all right? So that's basically a microcosm of what our year was. So just, so long sleeves... The tuck has to be higher, right? Yeah. So if you're talking about a long sleeve, it's got to be very, very high. And I, if you're coaching, it has to be a polo neck. Yeah, if you can get a polo neck that's uh, like some sort of crest embroidered on it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you're not tying the top button. It can't be Mark or Ralph Lauren or whatever. No. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, it's the ultimate look. All right, lads. Thanks, guys.